listening to a podcast from Light FM. Unlocking the secret to better parenting. This is Growing Pains on the Light Breakfast. And today we're talking about a phenomenon called forgotten baby syndrome with consulted pediatrician Dr. Amar Singh. Dr. Amar, I think we should sort of start with the title itself, forgotten baby syndrome. I'd never heard of it until very, very recently. So could you give us a sort of overview of what it is? I think this term has been coined largely in the US and then, you know, spread. Basically, it's largely discussing or describing children who've been left in cars, usually by parents, but also by other carers. It's something we've been seeing in the last, I think internationally, maybe in the last 20 years, but locally in the last 10 to 15 years. I, I remember the first one that I remembered was a child, six-year-old in Klang Valley, left, fell asleep at the back of her bus, Skola. Mm. Right. And then everybody had got down, Baskola had gone for a cup of coffee and then he found her and she was, you know, very, very heat stroked and then she died. So oh, I think okay. uh, that's why this term has been described. It's usually a child under five, that's why they say a baby, but it might be a slightly older child occasionally mm. as well. I mean, there seems to be an alarming rise in cases. Is it just that there's more reporting or a problem that we aren't seeing mm. fully yet and paying enough attention to? I think it's a real rise. There are not very many numbers here locally. I think I remember about nine in my memory, but I think that probably a little bit more than that. In the US, I think with the most data, that's about 35 deaths a year, but others have been rescued as well. The numbers don't really mean that much to me. It's a tragedy of any single death like this, because this is an otherwise well child. I think we need to understand the mechanism. I think something is very important. Some people think these are bad parents. No, it can happen to any one of us. And basically the mechanism, if you listen to all these events, it's a child who's in the back of the car, in a car seat, which is a very responsible parent, and they fall asleep, so they're not making much noise. And then the parent faces or the carer faces a break in routine. It could be that maybe dad was supposed to take the child to daycare, now mom is doing it or mm-hmm. something like that, mm-hmm. or something distracted the parent. If you give you a classical example, you, you're a young doctor, you're on your way to work, but you're going to drop your child off at the child minder on the way. Suddenly you get a phone call from your department. Let's say you're working in casualty and casualty says, it comes right now, all hands on deck. We've got a mass casualty. We need you to come and uh, support that there's, there's a bus accident and many people are injured. Mm. So you rush to casualty, park your car, jump out, you know, try and help people. And then half an hour later, you might remember that you left your child in the car. That's mm. too long. So this happens to many people, to teachers, to doctors. Usually it's a professional uh, individual who, uh, for this to happen to them. You've mentioned sort of the switching of roles or something that sort of upends your normal routine. And that's a very important part, I think, of, of keeping our ducks in a row in terms of things we have to do during the day, right, for all of us. But is it a societal issue? Because personally, I sort of feel it that way. Like, what are the different struggles new parents are having to deal with that actually contribute to this phenomenon? I'm the kind of person who would love one parent to be at home with children mm. and be the child minder. My dream is that for the first year, the woman takes a break from work and it's with the child. Second year, the husband takes a break and <laughs> it's with the child. First year, because woman breastfeeding. So I think both take partners. So both take a break from the job. But mm. we haven't allowed that in our society to happen. We've the price of houses, the price of you know living has gone up such that both parents have to work. So we end up you know, putting children in, in child minders. So there's a lot of this transport of children in cars at a very young age. Mm. And also society has become very busy. I think we've all become too many notifications coming our ways. And I'm not sure how you manage your handphone, but I struggle with my handphone. Yeah. And what I do is I silence almost every group I can silence. Yes, for the, <laughs> I do. Uh, Distraction. family yeah. and yeah. The, the urgent ones like the hospital or, or you know someone who really needs to reach me. Otherwise, you silence. So I think there are lots of different uh, issues. We're very busy and, and we're a distractible society. So I think it's a, it's a symptom of our time and mm. the fact that we don't invest enough 
in supporting young parents. Right, and of course, the fact that also there's so many single parent families at the at mm-hmm. the same time. Are there any signs or flags that parents are are struggling that they should be paying attention to that could result in this kind of horrific consequence? What should we pay attention to? I think the the key is when you break your routine, you really have to be vigilant at time. As I was telling you earlier, Terry, I think that it's very hard to maintain a regular habit in our life. We try to. So I think the key is to maintain a habit. One example, for example, before you leave the car, you must check the whole car, for mm. example, something like that, you know. So these kind of habits are extremely important uh, for parents to maintain. But I, I think the key is when you have a break in your routine, when something distracts you in a car, you must at that time become hyper vigilant. Not an easy thing for everyone to do. Whether we want to admit it or not, you said it first, this could happen to any of, of us. Yeah. And whilst it's actually awful to contemplate taking us to the point of going, no, no, that would never happen to us. We're vigilant. You know, that happens to other people. What kind of practical measures have you seen people put in place Mm. that actually help you stay aware or aware of this current scenario now? I have a child in my car per se. Or recommendations that you can give mm. us. Yes, yeah. I, I think the best one that I've read or seen is to put something that you really need in the back with the child. It's your handphone, your your shoes for, mm. for a lady, for example, uh, or maybe your purse or your wallet at the back. Something you really need. I think the handphone is still the best of the lot. Huh? And so that means that when you get down, you need your handphone for work and other things. So you, you remember that item. Some people, you know, criticize this and say, oh, no, you can remember your handphone, you can't remember your child. I, I don't view it that way. I think mm. a view is a safety measure. The second option is what is called the teddy bear option. You put an item that in front to remember the child at the back. So uh, you oh. keep a teddy bear in the car seat. Right. When you put the child in the car seat, you take the teddy bear out and put it in the front so that it's a visual reminder for you. The third measure, I think, is some people use Waze. Waze has got a reminder on the journey about the child at the back. Oh, yeah. But that re- means that you have to actually... Uh, use that all the time. Mm. Even for short journeys, you just use waste all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I said, I think habits are important to inculcate. For example, one of the habits, I, I, I'm, I'm a bird watcher, so I'm always in jungle with my my car. And so I've occasionally left the window down. So I made it like a, a compulsive habit on me. When I park the car and lock up, I check every window physically. I put my finger oh, on right. every window to see that it's fit because mm. I know that I'm so excited in jungle, I want to rush off and watch birds. Right. I, I need to do this. So perhaps something like that, that parents say, okay, I will check every seat visually mm. and make sure there's nothing there. So this kind of a habit that you do not break and don't allow to break at all. For every single journey, right? Every single journey, whether you take your child or not, you yeah. do this. Even in the city, I check the windows all the time because yeah. it's become a habit to do that. Yeah. I think that's actually brilliant. One of the things yeah. I used to do is I used to have this harness I put on the kiddo because I used to go love it, running around shops and stuff and harness yeah. helped me kind of mm. like, especially if he's about to trip over just whoop and you know it's like a body brace thing and when we used to get in the car we used to play this game of he would have the harness tied around his, his foot and I would have it on my non-driving hand if you know what I mean right and mm-hmm. so we'd play this sort of like tug of war are you listening to me tug 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 you know a constant uh, reminder yeah yeah, yeah I, I fully support this harness uh, idea as well for parents uh, mm. to have uh, another simple mechanism but not sure how effective it is is for parents to uh, you know invest in their child minder to say hey if I haven't turned up within a couple of minutes, you know, within five to ten minutes, you please call me straight away. This is sort of a community check in a sense. Huh? Yeah. It has to be done very quickly. The problem is that, you know, with the kind of busy traffic, our time of arrival may may vary. But still, I think it's another safety net that we could have. 
Talking about sort of that community check, what could the public do to help if they were to say pass a car and a child seems to be in there? How can the public immediately help? What、mm. can we do? Who do we call? What should we definitely not do? I think it, the the key is to rescue the child. I think that's the key we look at.、Huh? We don't worry about damage or trauma to car. So I think the first thing to see is can you find the parent immediately? If、mm. you cannot find the parent within a couple of ten fifteen seconds, the next step is to break the car window. The, not that easy to break a car window. Some of us, of course, carry a small device which allows that to happen. I have one that I, I carry with me. But we should break the window and rescue the child, and don't worry about the consequences of that.、Huh? Mm. So I think that's the key thing to do. If the child doesn't look so well, let's say if you rescue the child, doesn't look so well, you know, vehicular hypothermia or heat stroke can take place within a couple of minutes, ten, fifteen、wow. minutes. I read occasions where within fifteen minutes the child has died. So twenty minutes definitely is a time that bothers me. And what happens in these children is that the brain swells, the coagulation is short, and then they bleed from many organs, and the organs necrose very quickly.、Oh、so、God. the key is get the child out of that hot spot and put them in a cold place, a、mm. cool place that you can.、Huh? The next thing is I think take off the clothes. Can leave the pampers and the undies on,、mm. and if they're conscious, give them some cool fluid to drink immediately. Even if they can drink, I think it's is is to cool the child down, and we use evaporation. The recommendation is to spray the child with water, but I think very few of us would have a spray. So、mm. take your bottle of water,、mm. just you know, splash on a child, or if you've got a handkerchief or a cloth, dab it and. Put it on the child's body to try and rapidly、uh, cool the body. I was going to say that, yeah, yeah, spraying a child might be actually quite traumatic for the child、yes. already. So, like having、mm. wet wipes or something、yes. on hand is actually、Agreed. quite a good way of cooling as, them as much of the body as you can to、mm. wipe. You know, so we want the largest surface to evaporate the front and the back.、Right. Uh, mm. If you've got an ice pack, then great. You know, put in the in the axilla and the groin. And then the last step is to get medical help、uh, ASAP. You know, I do, I wouldn't wait for an ambulance to arrive.、Mm. I would take this child as quickly as possible to a health facility. For me, I do not leave any single child alone. As a pediatrician, if I've seen a child playing on an escalator, walking in a supermarket, or anywhere like in a car alone, I don't leave. To me, it's my responsibility to be there to find out what is happening and how I can unite this child with their parents as quickly as possible. I think we should never leave children in the car ever. You've been listening to a Light FM podcast on Shock. That's S Y O K.